Sadly, both Congress and the Senate are filled with these type of members. Now, mind you, they've got their, both got their share of loons as well uh, from both parties. But corporate funds have robbed we, the people, of our republic by hijacking our representative democracy to no longer represent the people and our best interests. Instead, it represents whoever waves the biggest check. Back to Gramps Place, where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. Hey y'all, Gramps here. Welcome to this episode of Gramps Place, where I don't have any guests, it's just me this time. Just Gramps, sitting in my garage, contemplating a few things. And I thought I'd make an episode out of what my thoughts were. I think uh, maybe this is something that possibly would be something that uh, somebody might have some insight and some input and maybe want to be a guest, so let me know if you do. Uh, I wanted to open my insights, which I've gained from well over 40 years of both formal education as well as personal research into the subjects of government, politics, economics, as well as our two major political parties. What I want to talk about is what I think is the number one problem in American politics today and how I think we can completely overcome that problem as a voting population if we can get over and past what is in fact the number two thing wrong in American politics today. This will have an intriguing twist for my fellow Texans as well. So if you're in Texas, stay tuned for sure. Now, hear me out. What I point out after 40 years of education and more than 50 years in observation of our political system and elections might enlighten you. It may open your eyes to an aspect you haven't thought of. It is hard to filter through all the partisan rhetoric these days and see the realities that lie behind it all. There's a link in the show notes as well as my email, which is grisoliac at yahoo.com. Now that's G-R-I-S-O-L-I-A-C at yahoo.com. I welcome your opinions on this subject. Maybe we can continue the conversation another day, or I can bring in some guests that can bring in their perspectives. It is an open conversation I'd like to pursue in addition to our normal of cannabis law reform and advocacy. So please reach out if you know somebody who might be interested in being a guest and has an interesting perspective on this subject. So to get this all started, uh, just want to share that my opinion of the number one thing wrong in our politics today is corporate money. 
and corporate involvement, i.e. Citizens United, right? And what all that unleashed. You know, uh, that's been faced with many challenges, and we'll probably face more. Uh, some that look like they might be promising and the ability to maybe get rid of it. But until that's changed or removed entirely, we're stuck with it. And it's real, real hard for the average citizen to uh, fight against corporate money when we're all at each other's throats over stuff that really doesn't matter. But anyway, that's a whole other subject. You know, I want to mention that all this partisan rhetoric that we hear today and the damage that this is doing to the U.S. I mean, when I was a kid and got interested in politics, I was only about eight years old. It was in the mid-70s, and we never heard the terms right-wing or radical left. We never heard of such a thing as a politician getting on television and yelling and screaming out obscenities about another's party or any of the crap we see today with this QAnon and, you know, the conspiracy theories. Now, mind you, there's always been conspiracy theories, but not some of the garbage and unbelievable stupidity that goes around today. It's just, it's, it's unreal. And, and the reality behind it all is the media is the real reason we see so much of this crap. You know, and, and the politicians have figured out something, too. They figured out how to use this simple partisan rhetoric to get elected over and over and over again without having to do any real work. It's ludicrous. The sad reality is the two parties have never, ever agreed as a whole. Hell, probably not even 50% of the time. And that is what has always given our governing bodies the diversity to do what we need while not completely screwing us in the process. The real screwing to the people truly began when we started letting big corporate money elect those who do the work. Until we, as a voting population, can get past this meaningless rhetoric, nothing will change. Which is what brings me to the next point I want to make. I am of the opinion that because of the rhetoric of today's politics, we have gained this idea, or, or, or better yet, we have succumbed as a people to this idea that we must choose sides. That we have to pick a party. And that once we do, we most certainly cannot ever change our minds. Let me explain a little something from reality for you. Number one, this is complete and total bullshit. Don't buy into it, because that's what they want you to think. The longer they keep it as simple as right versus left, the easier it is for them to keep getting reelected and to keep controlling us with their own ideas of what the people need. Just a little, little tiny fact for you. Uh, in every company that I've ever worked at, and in every group that I've ever belonged to, there's always a very diverse group of politically oriented people. There are always some Republicans. There are always some Democrats. There are always some Libertarians and Independents. And even some of those minor parties out there, like the Green Party. Uh, 
But the one thing that always holds true is we all want the same basic things out of life and out of our government. It makes no difference what party we claim, and that is a fact. We want to live our lives. We want to live them healthy. We want to live them happy. We want to have the ability to be successful and the ability to provide for us and ours. It's as simple as that. We all want the same opportunities as anyone else. But we don't want to be forced to have to act on those opportunities either. We are really, basically, all the same. Some of us have different ideas how to get what we want. But we want basically the same things. Which brings me to the number two thing wrong in American politics today. The idea that the entire left or that the entire right is a group of radicals trying to destroy America as we know it today. (laughs) I mean, come on, people. That idea is not only a fallacy, an extreme fallacy, but it is the wedge that is driving the U.S. into And it is the wedge that if we, the people, allow it to, will be the destruction of the USA from the bottom up, folks. We'll be the first to go. I promise you, we'll be the first to go. In Texas, we see how this is is affecting us firsthand with some of our national reps and our two senators. We keep electing the same people over and over again, even though they don't support our best interests. No one I talk to really likes Ted Cruz or John Cornyn, yet they will continue to win re-election as long as they run because of two reasons. Number one, Texas is still predominantly a Republican base, and as a Republican base, that's pretty much the way it's going to vote. And number two... We think we cannot cross party lines for even one term, even if it gets someone out of office that works against our own interests. Boggles the mind. Example, 80% of Texans support medical cannabis, and almost 70% supports full adult legalization in the state of Texas, as well as at the federal level. Yet John Cornyn is dead set against it. Pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors. Hey y'all. Are you enjoying the guests and content Gramps is bringing you each week? Did you know he does this all on his own? No production team and no producers. Just Gramps. If you like the show, please think about becoming a monthly supporter. It can be as little as 99 cents per month. You would be surprised at how much that can help. Just follow the link in the show description where it says support this podcast here. And as always, Gramps thanks you for listening, and for your support. Welcome back to Gramps Place. The podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things cannabis and cannabis law reform, along with anything else that piques public interests. 
Here is a letter that I received from Senator Cornyn about 30 to 40 times now. I've lost count. Uh, the only part in this letter that's different from each time I receive it in response to a letter I send him is the first part, which is simply um, whatever. It's about whatever bill I've contacted him about in the first place at whatever time it is. Well, in fact, I, I lied about this one. This one is, is just simply form. It doesn't even particularly point out uh, the bill that I was writing him about, which was the Moore Act, which recently passed the House. Uh, but it, here it goes. It says, Dear Chris, thank you for contacting me regarding federal laws on marijuana. I appreciate having the benefits of your comments on this important matter. In recent years, several states have legalized marijuana for medicinal and recreational purposes. While I respect the rights of states to set their own policies regarding the health and safety of their citizens, I believe more research should be conducted before the federal government changes current marijuana policies. Regular use of marijuana has been associated with psychiatric and neurological disorders, as well as a risk of developing dependence. In addition, the National Institute on Drug Abuse, or NIDA, published in the annual study examining drug use among young Americans titled Monitoring the Future, NIDA founded roughly 35% of 12th grade students use marijuana. I authored a report titled Cannabis Policy, Public Health and Safety Issues and Recommendations with Senator Dianne Feinstein. Our report highlighted concerns regarding known public health considerations of marijuana. For example, mental health disorders like anxiety, depression, and cognitive impairment have been found in those who use marijuana. That report also details how marijuana use also has similar effects on adolescent brain development as other addictive substances. Further, Marijuana use among pregnant mothers can result in adverse health effects for the baby in lower birth weight and stymie fetal brain development. We must further understand the public health risks associated with marijuana use. As a member of the Senate Caucus on International Narcotics Control, I will continue to work with my colleagues to better understand the health effects of marijuana and other substances. In an effort to combat the scourge of illicit drugs in our communities, I authored the Substance Abuse Prevention Act, which reauthorized the Office of National Drug Control Policy and important drug demand reduction programs at the Department of Justice. More specifically, it provides critical funding for programs that prevent use substance use disorder, reduce demand for illicit drugs in our communities, and provide crucial assistance for drug addiction recovery, blah, 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 blah. You get the point, right? And here's the thing. With every one of those arguments that he presents to me in that letter, I have presented multiples, not one singular, but multiple studies, and some of them being clinical trials, full-blown double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trials from all around the world, in Spain, Italy, etc., that prove those theories wrong, and yet I still get the same letter back. Now, here's a letter that I got from uh, my congressman, Michael C. Burgess, who is a doctor, no less, an MD, and uh, 
This is his response to my letter. Dear Mr. Grisolia, thank you for contacting me about H.R. 3617, the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act of 2021. I appreciate hearing from you on this issue. As you may know, on May 28th of 2021, Congressman Gerald Nadler introduced H.R. 3617. If signed into law, this bill would decriminalize marijuana by removing it from the list of Schedule I drugs under the Controlled Substances Act and would remove criminal penalties for marijuana-related offenses. This bill would also impose a 5% tax on marijuana products, distributing these taxes into a trust fund to assist communities and individuals who have been negatively impacted by marijuana-related crimes. On April 1, 2022, House Bill 3617 passed the House without my support by a vote of 220 to 204. Now, as a physician, I believe that the legalization or removal of marijuana from the list of controlled substances is dangerous without the proper research showing the health implications of marijuana. I am concerned that the available research on the benefits and risks of marijuana both medical and recreational, do not adequately justify the actions states have taken. Thus far, the Food and Drug Administration and National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine have found that there is a lack of evidence to demonstrate effective medical use for marijuana. We need more research and time to get the data and let the decision be driven by the data. It is critical that the American public and the medical community understand what marijuana does to our bodies and to our brains at different potencies and throughout our life cycle. Uh, blah, 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 blah. My argument here, number one, uh, without the proper research showing the health implications of marijuana, I'm sorry, Mr. Burgess, and I'm going to say Mr. Burgess because obviously your medical background is lacking you right now. Double-blind, placebo-controlled studies are not lack of research. Sorry, sir. Uh, and the Food and Drug Administration and the National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine, uh, they work for pharmaceutical industry, so who cares what they have to say? They'll say whatever you tell them to say, okay? They'll follow whatever you do. That's why you're the freaking lawmakers, Okay. Now, i got to ask you, after reading both of those letters, or the better part of both of those letters, i got to ask my fellow Texans, and i got to ask uh, my fellow Americans, for that matter, does this sound like an elected official or elected officials that are doing what their constituency wants on a given subject? Mind you, remember... Over 80% of Texans are for medical cannabis. And uh, almost 70% are for full adult use. So, does this sound like elected officials that are doing what their constituency wants on a given subject, or at least working towards that goal? Or more like someone who is working for the special interests that give them the big money donations to their campaigns and a little bit of cash here and there under the table. 
and benefits, etc. Unless Texans change the way we vote, and this is true for other states as well, they will win re-election and keep working against us on this and other important issues. Because it's not important to them until we make it important to them. So it's either that, or we must work to find better candidates and primary these asshats out of office. Because if we're not going to vote for the other party, we got to do something. And soon. Sadly, both Congress and the Senate are filled with these type of members. Now, mind you, they've got their, both got their share of loons as well uh, from both parties. But corporate funds have robbed we, the people, of our republic by hijacking our representative democracy to no longer represent the people and our best interests. Instead, it represents whoever waves the biggest check. I think we can beat them at their own game, though, even with Citizens United remaining intact. We just have to get back to voting for candidates that support our best interests, regardless of what party they may claim. We should elect people, not politicians, and I think we should vote for ideas, not parties. Just a thought. I think if more people put emphasis on the issues and not the partisan rhetoric, they might have different views about who to vote for. Because when it really comes down to it, they all go to the same damn parties together when the cameras ain't rolling anyway. Think about that. I'd love it if uh, you know somebody who, who's educated on the subject, uh, even more so than I or has a perspective that maybe I'm not thinking about. Uh, if you got somebody or know somebody who'd love to be a guest and talk about this subject, I mean, that's the way we get change to happen in this country, is by conversations happening. And, and I think conversations not happening is why we are at the impasse and uh, of, of gridlock that we have today. So if you know somebody who might have some input or would like to be a guest on the show, send them my way. I'd love to further the conversation. Uh, enlighten me. Maybe I got it all wrong. It's a possibility. I've never said I'm not teachable. And uh, once again, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in, and I thank everybody for their generous support. Grants, please podcast where I bring you the doctors, scientists, patients, politicians, and ordinary everyday people to talk about anything and everything with facts and first-hand reports so you can make your own decisions on important issues. Cannabis law reform, politics, criminal justice, government, and economics are just a few. As always, I thank you for listening and for your generous support. <laughs>